Insights from the world's best medical minds. This is the rightdoctors.com. Welcome to the Right Doctors podcast. Today we have with us a member of the high powered committee responsible for vision 2035 health and medical education, Dr. A.H. Zargar. Dr. Zargar is an endocrinologist at Center for Diabetes and Endocrine Care, Srinagar. He is the former professor and head Department of Endocrinology, Sheri Kashmir Institute of Medical Sciences, Srinagar. In this podcast, I present to our audiences our guest for today, a thought leader and an academic from Srinagar, Dr. A.H. Zargar. Welcome to our podcast, sir. It's a great pleasure to have you on the rightdoctors.com, India's leading medical knowledge platform. Let me begin by asking you, can you please tell us about some latest scientific literature on COVID-19? First important thing uh, in the field of uh, research, uh, what has happened in the last uh, couple of months is that people have tried to understand the molecular biology of this particular virus, COVID-19, and how it is different from uh, the other coronavirus family, uh, so-called the SARS group of viruses. And the lovely paper was published in Nature Medicine, I think, a week, 10 days back which looks at whatever mutations this particular RNA virus has had and talks about the details of its structural analysis. This is important uh, from the point of view of uh, if we want to look at uh, the therapeutics, so we need to understand the exact biology of this molecule. And uh, this particular paper, I I believe, would... uh, set the ball rolling in terms of whatever develops over a period of time in therapeutics and whatever uh, vaccines uh, people will be targeting and whatever the areas people will be targeting in their vaccines. And second important global solidarity trial started where, you know, people are looking at certain drugs like hydroxychloroquine and interferons um, because uh, as is already known to the medical faculty. A lot of complications of this particular virus occur through a telemetry mechanism which uh, causes a so-called cytokine storm. So in this uh, particular trial, people are using, going to use hydroxychloroquine and interferon, uh, which is supposed to take care of this cytokine storm. And uh, again, uh, this is something that is in the pipeline from the research point of view going to take a while for that. And then again, uh, there are certain <coughs> developments uh, that have come to the fore in the new area that we have certain drugs like uh, Remdesivir, which is basically an antiviral drug. And uh, people are trying uh, uh, to try it in this particular disorder. It is now being tested in uh, quite few clinical trials, and um, I'm sure that uh, those trials are going at a very fast pace, and we should be able to get some preliminary results in the next couple of months. Sanofi also has a a trial going on on treatment plus vaccines. Johnson & Johnson is on a COVID-19 vaccine. And there's a, a right now what new is happening that, you know, there are many drugs that we otherwise use as antivirals. 
return aware and lopen aware and the combination of these uh, every uh, pharmaceutical is trying in this particular uh, disorder and again couple of months later we will be able to find out the results monoclonal antibodies combination of two antivirals polyclonal antibodies lots and lots of uh, concerns are currently at it so um, if you look at it apart from some of the recent data that came from Wuhan in New England Journal of Medicine and other uh, pharmacokinetic journals and infectious journals a lot of data has been accumulated and i think you know no uh, other disease is comparable where you have so much uh, data available today in just a matter of a month or two so a lot many things are happening so as a professional i'm sure that uh, with the passing of every day every week every month uh, the understanding would be better and diagnostic uh, mechanisms would be better containment tools would be understood better but more importantly uh, what would be the appropriate and relevant therapeutic interventions and preventive uh, mechanisms in terms of a possible global vaccinization uh, will be clearer in uh, next few months how covid-19 affects type 1 and type 2 diabetic patients you see basically if you look at uh, this covid infection in any individual uh in 80% to 85% people it's a relatively mild disease and majority of the patients with type 2 diabetes mellitus will continue to have this disease as a relatively uh, benign disease and type 1 diabetes being a little bit more fluorid disease and um, blood sugars usually are haywire so people need to be a little bit more careful during this period because many times you know what happens during these periods of stressful time uh, therapeutics is interfered with injection therapy is interfered with the exercise protocols are interfered with and um, there's there's sometimes a break in the availability of the drugs the drug chain is not available so that might <coughs> impact the diabetes and uh, and a poor control uh, diabetes of any duration not only in this particular scenario predisposes a person to infections and obviously you know there is some data which shows that if you look at people who have diabetes particularly diabetes in the elderly people they may not do as well as those who are not particularly people who are above 77 75 but i must uh, uh, again emphasize that majority of the patients in spite of the infections would do well and the disease would be mild so we need to guide that this to be handled from the point of view of patients get drugs properly patient get therapy properly patient get their nutrition properly patients do not overdo or underdo and uh, get uh, their own exercise schedule properly because once you are inbound many times you know people are tend to become more or less harsh so all these things you know i'm sure the better days would come uh, and uh, this should not leave behind idolize him a bad memory 
for rest of the life. What should people with diabetes do if they have coronavirus infection? You see, in case uh, somebody has coronavirus, uh, <clears throat> and if particularly a diabetic, you see, first, uh, many times I think all of us globally, I would not say only in our own country, but globally, uh, people are in a panic mode. And particularly some uh, data has come, we showed that people with hypertension, people with heart diseases, or particularly lung diseases, and people with uh, diabetes do not do well. So it has put a lot of our patients in the stress, the way they call us, the way they talk, the way they send messages to us. So one wants to reassure them that in majority of the cases, uh, it will be a very mild disease and self-limiting disease. So no unnecessary or exceptional apprehensions. Just take good care of your diabetes. But if a person has symptoms, anytime, uh, should talk to his uh, health care provider, uh, get in touch with him, have a chat with him, get his counsel, and regularly monitor his blood sugars. One of the best ways would be that monitor one's blood sugars regularly, uh, monitor one's symptoms uh, in case one has this COVID-19 uh, infection. And if at any stage uh, temperature gets worse, uh, feels uh, sore throat, which is getting worse, cough gets worse, but more importantly, if at some stage a person feels tested for some form of uh, difficulty in breathing, then at that stage probably needs to immediately talk to the healthcare provider who has been otherwise taking care of him and might need a more closer supervision and more closer look. What is your advice to healthcare workers dealing with diabetic patients who are infected with COVID-19? It is extremely important because, you know, Healthcare workers have been on the forefront, and uh, we are already aware that globally, <clears throat> thousands of healthcare in, uh, operatives have been infected, and in fact, more than 100 uh, doctors have died and succumbed to this infection. So what is important? Well, uh, giving care to others, <clears throat> we need to minimize the physical contact uh, with the patient. And uh, that's extremely important. And uh, most important is that we should, uh, firstly, all governments, healthcare systems uh, everywhere should provide uh, total body protective uh, gear uh, so that, you know, um, healthcare himself is protected. And then this healthcare pr protector also should ensure that uh, when, whenever he comes in contact with anybody, particularly um, the family. Before that, he needs to take care of that uh, body protection gear. He needs to sanitize himself and then uh, get along with the family. Because all of us have seen, you know, <clears throat> if you remember the Delhi uh, Mahalla clinic case where one doctor got a COVID infection, then without realizing it, his wife got it, his probably children got it. So that sort of a scenario would not be acceptable or understandable. Apart from, you know, <clears throat> minimum physical contact that we could have. But many times it cannot be helped because then that's what our profession is all about. <clears throat> so at that given time, I think 
total body protection uh, gear would is something that is extremely essential and proper and uh, taking all those precautions that sanitize the person once in contact with the family what are some home based exercises that diabetics can do during the lockdown as i was telling you earlier on some people become a bit apathetic you know and getting up at 12 o'clock sleeping early walking and walking out and uh, having a cup of tea here and there so this sort of a lifestyle would be detrimental to diabetics and they should stick to their own regular schedule that they otherwise have been doing except going to their businesses or going to their offices and engage uh, themselves with some productive work but from the exercise point of view the best thing is walking around a bit you can do it in your home if you have a small courtyard you can do it there just if you are stairs going up and down uh, for some time and uh, spending uh, some time on that up and down and doing some push ups and uh, you can do some anaerobic exercises right in your uh, room as well uh, many times <coughs> Uh, elderly people or uh, ladies in our own social scenario are a bit hesitant but i think you know extraordinary times dictate that we change some of our own established practices as i was telling earlier on if we do not do so uh, we will come out with the grace of god out of this difficulty and most and most of the people will do pretty well so but we should not come back after three months down the line that whatever benefits had accrued as a part of a good management they have been lost so moving around a bit uh, whatever is the bigger room in the house uh, define the steps that you need to take how many uh, 100000 uh, more than that steps you need to take do some push ups do some anaerobics if your stairs go up and down for some time unless you have an osteoarthritis so keep yourself physically as well busy that will help the mental uh, composure also and uh, would uh, help uh, maintaining the blood sugars also under control what is your take on the use of hydrochloroquine in the treatment of covid-19 patients i must tell you this has been in the news for quite some time now <clears throat> in fact there was a paper published by the yohan group on uh, 62 patients were in half uh, the group uh, they gave the conventional treatment for um, respiratory distress syndrome adult respiratory distress and another one was supplemented on top of that hydroxychloroquine uh, where they showed that uh, there was a relief in symptoms symptoms faster and a lesser mortality but you have to also understand that uh, 60 patients a uh, few weeks trial is not uh, alternative to uh, larger when controlled trials but yes uh, many times we experiment uh, management uh, treatment protocols or drugs uh, when we do not have a clear cut uh, drug available to take care of the disease today on our own nobody should take this particular drug it has its own problems particularly in diabetics it has an ocular toxicity in general but i must tell you the experience with this drug in general in the market has been for more than half a century uh, initial its predecessor chloroquine and then hydroxychloroquine if at all it is to be taken it should be taken under professional supervision self medication should be avoided because why i am saying this thing i have heard that 
in some areas even this drug is not available that many people have started uh, storing this drug in. So that would mean that there might be a misuse, you know, if somebody thinks and wants to hide it up that he has symptoms, uh, has been outside, um, um, was missed in screening and now wants to self-treat, that is totally not admissible. What is your opinion on the use of antibody testing kit for testing COVID-19 instead of the RT-PCR test? I must tell you first, you know, in our own country, my lab uh, has introduced one of these antibody tests, and uh, which is obviously a welcome sign because we need a test that can be made available to a huge population. Because we are a huge population. We need to get in the ambient of screening as many people as possible so that, you know, uh, we do not miss a disease in uh, most of the people. Uh, so uh, all these antibody tests that have come rather recently are welcome. But the gold standard test is PCR. And, but I think, you know, given the in individual cases, it's okay, a PCR, but given uh, the epidemiology of COVID-19 today, I would say this uh, antibody-based tests are more than welcome. That's all for now. We will be back again in our next episode with another leading specialist, a master in his or her field of medicine. Till then, stay tuned to the Right Doctors podcast channel. We are available on all leading podcast platforms. Till next time, this is Swati Joshi saying goodbye. Take care, wash your hands regularly, maintain safe distance and follow whatever directions your health authorities are giving you. Stay home, stay safe. Goodbye for now. Insights from the world's best medical minds. This is the right doctors.com.